Hello and welcome to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. At Emmanuel Croydon, we exist to be a community drawn together by our desire to know and follow Jesus. We long to become disciples of Jesus who are equipped to serve him in the whole of life, transforming families, communities and workplaces as we love God with heart, mind, soul and strength. We hope you enjoy this week's talk from the morning services. Thank you for joining us today. Grace and peace to you. The reading is taken from 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, beginning to read at verse 17 and finishes at 3 verse 13. And it's to be found, if you've got a Bible, on page 1197 of the Church Bibles. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, beginning to read at verse 17. Paul's longing to see the Thessalonians. But brothers and sisters, when we were torn away from you for a short time in person, not in thought, Out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you, for we wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did, again and again, but Satan stopped us. For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. So when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We sent Timothy, who is our brother and God's fellow worker in spreading the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith, so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. You know quite well that we are destined for them. In fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted. And it turned out that way, as you well know. For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way the tempter might have tempted you and our efforts might have been useless. But Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us, just as we also long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live Since you are standing firm in the Lord, how can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. 
May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. <clears throat> this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks for that wonderful reading. Let's pray together. Lord, we praise you for the gift of your word. We pray, open our eyes that we may see wonderful things in your word. Amen. So, if we could put the first slide on here. This is the question I want to ask today. Who will be your joy and crown? Who will be your joy and crown when you meet Jesus? So, let's, next, next slide. Let's zoom into this part of the passage, the two verses. One of my favorite images in the whole of the Bible, it also happens in Philippians. Let's say this together, actually, because it's so powerful. For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. Isn't that amazing to think that? I wanted to zoom into this bit here and think about who is this? Who is this for us? We're thinking about the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes. We're thinking of that day when Jesus promises to return to earth. You know, when Jesus ascended into heaven, he didn't disappear into thin air. He remained human. He is human right now at the right hand of God. And he's going to return to earth as a human being, fill the whole sky, whole world with his glory and renew everything. That is the central truth of our faith. He will return and every single one of us will meet him, will see him in his glorified human being as he is now. Fully God, fully man, forever and ever. That is the moment we are thinking about when we see Jesus. Okay, next slide. There's three things I want to say about this passage that are truths that, if you think about them, they just absolutely blow your mind. They're like almost impossible to get your head around. So number one is we will rejoice in each other forever. Now, you know, in this world, there's so much bitterness and division. There's so much sort of, we, we don't like get on with each other very well a lot of the time. There's loads of people who are Christians across the world who we have bitter disagreements with. But this passage talks about, next slide, it talks about us having joy in each other forever. Now, who is the who in this passage? It says, what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which you glory? Who is that? Is it not you? As in you, plural. You meaning, in this passage, all of the people in the church of Thessalonia and Thessalonica. And for us, it means every person, every single Christian, across the whole of the world, across the whole of time. That is the you. That is the you in which we will rejoice in forever. Okay, next one. What is the what? What will we think of each other forever? We've got these four multicolored words here, just to keep on the theme. What is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. We're talking about hope, great hopes for one another. We're talking about joy, finding real joy in each other. This is not forced joy. This is not a fake joy. This is like, you know, that joy when you see someone and you're just so happy to see them. Just like our dog, Wesley, when he come in the door, he's so happy to see us. He wags his tail loads. 
It's like so genuine, he doesn't force himself to do that. This is a real joy. Or the crown in which you are glory. It's almost talking about each other feeling that sense of joy and pride and wonder in each other. It even talks about each other being our glory and joy. Now, maybe that's something I think we are so far from in this present world, which is why it's hard to imagine. But this passage says this will happen when Jesus returns. Okay, next slide. So, that's number one. We will spontaneously and truly and deeply rejoice in each other forever, without exception. All those divisions, all those sort of disagreements, all those ways in which we're bitterly against each other a lot of the time, they will all be gone. Jesus will wash them all away, and there'll be nothing but joy in each other, and that will last forever, and it will never get boring, because there will be endless things to rejoice in each other forever. So that's number one. Now, number two, we will see Jesus together. Now, this is even more mind-blowing. There's the seeing Jesus, we will see Jesus, and that will be a wonderful sight for us. I've often thought about seeing Jesus, and I'm like, I I worry that he's actually just going to, like, throw me away. He's going to be like, oh, Elliot can't be in my presence. He's done too much stuff wrong. I I found, like, a fearful thing to think about. But the promise of God's word is that everyone who believes in him, that will be a wonderful moment. That will be a glorious and a beautiful moment when we see Jesus. And we will see him not just individually, but all together, all together at once. This will be a joy that we have together. Next slide. So here it has. Where, where is this? Where is this going to happen? It says, what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus? This is not just a metaphor. This is not just a nice image. This is a literal reality. We will see Jesus in a way more than we have ever seen any person in the whole of our lives. Next slide. When will this happen? When he comes. So when he returns to earth and makes everything new, if that's within our lifetimes, or it's when we're resurrected from the dead, after we've died, we're raised back to life, and the first thing we will see is Jesus. And that is the reality for every single one of us when he comes. We will see Jesus together. If you actually just think about that truth, if you just literally spend a few moments in it, it is absolutely mind-blowing. Jesus is not going to be a metaphor to us. He's not going to be an idea to us. We're going to literally see this human person called Jesus in all of his glory. Next slide. Number three. Now, our joy in one another, that rejoicing that we will have in one another forever, will not just be for the sake of the other people alone. It will be, it will actually fill us with overflowing love for Jesus. In other words, we will see Jesus in one another. We are the body of Christ. And that means that we almost communicate Jesus to each other. So when we see each other, we see another aspect of the beauty and the glory of Jesus. One thing I love to think about is the fact that every person in the whole world, in all of their different appearances, different races, different nationalities, different cultures, different everything about them, every single unique person, in the whole world, displays a different aspect of the glory of God. If you think about the billions of people across the whole world, put all that together and think about every one of them is displaying to us a different aspect of the glory and beauty of Jesus. That's what it means to be made in the image of God. So when we rejoice in Jesus together forever, we will look at each other in that place where there's no more suffering, where there are no more tears, where there's no more darkness, and we will see different aspects of the beauty of Jesus in the face of all of our brothers and sisters in Christ. 
every single one of them will show us something different that we rejoice in together. Think about that. I mean, if you actually think about it at all, millions and millions of people, each displaying different aspects of Jesus. We can see and meet all these people and see different aspects of who Jesus is through them. When you think about that, it's like you think about, you see on a video somewhere, a church rejoicing in Jesus in another country. We think, one day I will see those people before the throne of our Lord. One day I will find joy in them, in seeing a different aspect of the beauty of our Lord through them. So next slide. So when we see this, this verse here, what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory? Who is the glory to? Where do we find the ultimate beauty? Does the beauty just stop at the person or does it soar way above that? Next one. So it's like this. So the crown here is almost like the idea of an Olympic wreath. It's like a victory wreath. The idea that we will see each other as the wondrous victory crown, as though we've gone through all of our life together and there'll be this amazing victory at the end, which is seeing each other and seeing each other will be like that crown that the Olympians wear when they've won this amazing, amazing contest and all the glory and the joy that they have. Who is the glory to? Next one. This verse answers this. To go to verse nine, it says, how can we thank God enough? Thank God enough for you in return for all the joy which we have in the presence of our God because of you. And so what will happen is the joy that we will have in one another forever before the face of Jesus shining brighter than the sun, all that joy we have in one another will fill our hearts with true and deep and spontaneous overflowing like a fountain of thankfulness to God. We will rejoice in each other in the sense that we will see each other and we'll be like, wow, God, thank you for that person. Thank you that you created them. Thank you that you brought them all the way here. Thank you that you brought them through this life. Thank you for the way you are displaying your glory and your goodness through them forever. Ultimately, it'll be this wondrous way that we will see more and more and more aspects of the beauty of God through the face of one another before the throne of Jesus. Next one. So our joy in one another will fill us with overflowing love for Jesus. Last one. So who will be your joy and crown when you meet Jesus? And this is, I would say, this is the case, not just for someone who's leading a, leading a church or a, a mission movement in some sense, like Paul was in this letter. This is for every single person. Do you know every time that you invest in the faith of another person, every time you've shared something with a child or a young person in particular, because that changes things, every time you've told someone at all about Jesus, every time that you have stepped out just a little bit, maybe something that you've done to help another person, every time that you've done anything to spread Jesus' love to others, whatever that might be, you are creating this wonderful joy and crown. And that when you'll see that person in eternity, when you'll see them and see their joy that they have before Jesus, you'll see, that is my joy and crown. I rejoice. They have this love for Jesus. And I was part, and God made me part of bringing that to them. That will be our joy and our crown. I like to think of this as when I'm praying for the young people, which I, you know, John always says things like, I'm good at prayer. I'm not very good at prayer. I'm actually not very good at prayer at all, so probably should take that one away. 
Um, well, but when I'm thinking about it, one thing I find that helps me to pray is I think about the young people we've seen and I think about them before the presence of Jesus. And I think about my longing that they would be full of joy there, that they would be drinking from the waters of life, that they would be eating from the tree of life, that they would have that endless joy and all the suffering that they've experienced in the present that I might have seen a little glimpse of will be washed away. And I think when I see them, that will make everything, all the difficulties, all uh, the struggles, uh, everything that was shared with them in any of the groups that we've done, mayhem and rendezvous and every single group that we've had, every single bit of that will be worth it. Because when we see them before the throne of Jesus, we'll see they are our joy. They are our crown. And everything that we shared with them was part of that. And it makes it all so incredibly worth it. So who will be your joy and crown? Who will be the people that you have shared the love of Jesus with? Who will be the people who you have encouraged in their faith? And think about the fact that that has an impact forever and ever. Every single bit of it is more worth than anything you could ever imagine. So let's pray together. Let's lift up whoever that is for you. In a few moments of silence, I invite you just to think about who is that? Who is the joy and the crown for you? Who is someone that you long to see closer to Jesus? A child, a young person, adult? Imagine imagine seeing them in your mind. Imagine seeing them full of joy, full of laughter, full of overflowing rejoicing in the presence of Jesus. Imagine the joy that will fill your heart when you see them do that. Lord Jesus, we praise you that you call us to be so, so precious to one another. We praise you that you call us to this kind of relationship with one another that lasts forever. We praise you that all of the seeds sown in tears will one day bear a harvest that will last forever. We praise you that there is nothing that we will ever share of your love that will not be worth it. We praise you for the way that you will call us to rejoice in one another forever. The way that you will break down everything is so bitter in this present. It's so dark and so mundane and so frustrating that you call us to joy and togetherness that will never end. And you are the only one who could ever do this. All our attempts at utopias, all our dreams like this, our pipe dreams, you are the one who will literally make this a reality. Lord, whoever that is for us, We cry to you that you would bring them safely home to your presence forever. That we would rejoice forever and ever in them. And that their joy would become our joy before you. And we love the idea of coming to see you and seeing your face in all of your glory forever and ever. Help us to be filled with such joy and anticipation of this day. That changes our whole lives in your name.
Amen. Thanks for listening to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. For more information about our church and everything we have going on, visit our website, emmanuelcroydon.org.uk. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to see and hear what's going on in the life of our church. God bless you and have a wonderful week. Thank you.